This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much as always for making this a part of your morning routines. Thank you. And do drop a like if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And if you are indeed interested in leaving any comment on today's video on any of the topics that we've discussed today, I encourage you to do that. I try and read through as many, if not all, of the comments and respond to some that pique my fancy. So make sure you do get involved and engaged with the channel as well. Good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Good morning to you. Uh, Black Shine, Jose, Jashar, Bran, Percy, Marcus, Alex. Good morning. Uh, Red Star, Matt G, Paul, uh, Al Hassan. We've got Louis, Martin, Christopher, Wilson, Ansa, and MRM as well. Plenty more too joining us. So thank you, uh, everybody that indeed has made the effort to arrive uh, and say good morning, of course, to everybody joining us there too. Uh, let's crack on with today's story, shouldn't we? Uh, first of all, Arsenal's uh, ladies will face Bayern Munich uh, in Germany tonight for the first leg of their UEFA Champions League quarter final. Uh, the game is set to take place at 5.45 UK time, so make sure you tune in if you indeed can. Bayern have had a very good season. They're not top of the uh, the Bundesliga at the moment in Germany. However, uh, they have done some fantastic stuff this season, already beating the likes of Barcelona uh, in their group stage competitions, Benfica, and are doing well You know, in the Bundesliga. Only two points behind high-flying Wolfsburg, who are notoriously good in the women's game as well. So we wish the girls the best of luck as well. And I would say, if you didn't see yesterday, uh, Tim Stillman seems like he had a little bit of a nightmare uh, in his travel out for the game. And Jonas Eideval uh, quote tweeted uh, Tim's uh, frustrations, asking if he needed anything for a press conference, which I thought was something worth mentioning and shows the community feel and the appreciation for Tim's work in the women's game as well, which I thought was a great gesture. Um, Arsenal are due to play uh, the MLS All-Stars in Washington this preseason, uh, due to take place, I believe, on the 19th of July. However, absolutely 100%, you need to check that. But uh, in that period, Arsenal are due to face uh, an MLS All-Stars team. It's expected to according to The Athletic. Uh, Wayne Rooney, I think, kind of... 
unfortunately revealed um, <laughs> what maybe the club and the MLS didn't yet want out there. Um, but that is set to happen. Of course, Arsenal travelling out to the US uh, will likely play further fixtures, one or two more out in the States. But the relationship between Arsenal and the United States now continues to grow. Um, but uh, yes, another pre-season across the pond, it seems, for Arsenal once again. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we might be able to get out there for that. I would love to be able to visit for a pre-season tour in America. Uh, let's wait and see what ends up occurring. Uh, Edu and Arsenal are said to be looking to expand their team. Uh, they're looking to kind of further the, well, what would you call it, the, the recruitment side of the club, uh, Edu and uh, a number of new faces at the club, including some internal promotions, have looked to expand and to improve what's going on in what they call the Football Intelligence Unit. Uh, this is also according to The Athletic, James McNicholas, with the article, which you can read in full on their website. Um, but yes, Jason Ato is to become Arsenal's assistant sporting director and James Ellis stepping up to be the head of recruitment. So very intriguing uh, things indeed. After all those redundancies that we had, of course, during the uh, the pandemic, it's good to see this structure continuing to establish itself. We already had Josh and Stan Kroenke becoming the co-chairs, Tim Lewis becoming the vice chair, um, and we've seen a number of other promotions in the structure of the club as well. So a good place, I think, Arsenal, and they're moving in the right direction uh, with their vision. So this can only be a good thing. Uh, following Balogun, is closing in on the Liga records. Uh, he scored once again uh, his 17th goal of the season. Uh, he became the youngest player to, to reach 17 goals in France's top flight since Hassan Ekasebi uh, in 1956, which is an amazing record that stood for a very, very long time. He is now only one away from Glenn Hoddle's told to of 18 during Monaco's 1988-89 season, uh, which is the most in a French season by an Englishman. So, of course, if Balogun chooses to represent the United States, maybe that will change. But at the moment, having played for England's under-21s, he would indeed close on on that record uh, by Glenn Huddle, which is nice to push a former Spurs player off of that uh, small pedestal. Uh, Arsenal are said to be interested in signing RB Leipzig, RB Salzburg, sorry, uh, Noah Okfor, uh, the Switzerland's international wide player that can play as a centre forward, has been playing the majority of his games, to, f- to be fair, at centre forward, is being tracked by a lot of teams and there will be significant interest in the latest Salzburg talents, including apparently from Arsenal. And if striker was indeed on the list, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere because Arsenal are also said to be interested, according to Italian media, in Rasmus Hoyland, um, the a player that I don't know too much about. He's played for Denmark at senior level, but mainly uh, in the youth setup, currently playing for Atalanta. Seven goals and two assists in 23 Serie A games, but 14 goals and five assists across his 33 appearances this season. 20 years of age, a more uh, kind of tall physical presence in the forward line. But very interesting indeed if Arsenal are to move for a striker that they would spend a reported 50 million perhaps euros that is on someone as young and as exciting as Hoyland when they've already got following Balogun in the setup. It does seem to contradict somewhat. So we'll have to wait and see how Arsenal's transfer plans pan out in the next few months or so. Now Arsenal have been told supposedly um, and rather comically 
to double their bids uh, for Moises Caicedo. In an interview with the Beautiful Game podcast, the Brighton CEO, Barber, uh, spoke to the guys there and was asked about Arsenal's uh, £70 million bid. Uh, he said, uh, only if they wanted half the player. I mean, joking aside, we never provide the numbers. It always amuses us when we see numbers in the media because they've not come from us. So interesting. Of course, it was said lightheartedly, it seems. But there is a small indication there that apparently Brighton would have accepted a bid of around 140 million uh, for Moises Caicedo. He's not worth that. He wasn't worth the 70 million, to be honest. He's a very good player, don't get me wrong. But Arsenal made a very, very fair bid for the Ecuadorian international who cost Brighton less than 10 million, less than two years prior. Um, They didn't want to sell, which is absolutely fine. That's their decision. And to be honest, Arsenal would be in the same situation with us. Um, But for those that suggested that Arsenal should have been spending or should have been bidding around 100 million to get the player through the door, um, they have certainly been told uh, quite clearly that that would not have been enough. And no, Arsenal do not need to be going in with bids of that kind of silly nature. Arsenal have done some amazing squad building, bringing in players for far, far less, less than half of what they ended up bidding for Kaiseido. You think about Odegaard's 30-odd million, Zinchenko, 30 million, Gabriel Magalhaes, 25 million, Ramsdale, 30 million. Um, the business that we've done has been exceptional and a really well thought out and done at a very good price as well. Even Ben Wire, 50 million is going to start looking like a bargain continuing how he's developing. So uh, Arsenal certainly don't need to bend to the will of these clubs asking for these absolutely extortionate amounts of money for their players. Uh, and lastly, our headline story of the day, according to Matt Law, as reported in The Telegraph yesterday, Tottenham are considering, it seems, and getting closer to sacking Antonio Conte. A decision is expected to be made this week. Surprise, surprise, international break rolls around and we have managers dropping like flies. First it was Vieira and now it seems Antonio Conte uh, was going to be the next manager to face uh, the the chop. And I just can't, I, I just, I think it's funny that he's able and has been able therefore to kind of manipulate his own sacking. He wants out of that club. He doesn't want to be there anymore and he's jumped into a press conference and Throw his toys out the pram, if you will. Um, it's very similar to uh, when I was younger and I wanted to leave the Scouts. So my mum said that I could leave the Scouts at the end of the school term. What did I do? I went into Scouts and I kicked up a fuss. I think I ended up swearing at our leader. I was about 10 at the time. So <laughs> I haven't sworn since <laughs> at my leader. And, and that got me kicked out. And I feel that's what Antonio Conte's done. He's acted like a 10-year-old Tom Canton. So <laughs> there you go, which has ended up getting him out. Uh, of his club that he is desperate to leave. Um, Ridiculous behaviour, childish behaviour, but it's got him what he wanted. And let's be honest, it's absolutely comical. And uh, we were discussing this a little bit yesterday on the Arsenal Lounge. And I was saying about how, you know, I already loved the nation of Italy. I love its food. uh, I love its cars. I love the, the countryside, the country itself. You know, it's a beautiful place to go visit. And not only that, but I love... Italy's appreciation for Tottenham Hotspur and their understanding of how comical of a club they are. From the history of the Tottenham, from Chiellini to now Antonio Conte saying that all they do is play with no pressure, they never win anything, and even he, a serial trophy winner, cannot win anything with that club. It is 
glorious to witness how insignificant a football club our rivals, so-called rivals, certainly not ones we'll be thinking about, you'd hope, for the foreseeable future with where we're going and with their, where they're going. Certainly, I'll be interested who they go for next. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino seems like someone that would make a lot of sense, considering he would go... I don't know whether he would go back, but... He seems like the only person that could kind of maximise things at that club. They certainly need to go in the direction of a less defensive-minded manager, but they've got a lot of defensive-minded players now and they lack certain creativity, so maybe they'll go for that again. I personally think if I was, which makes me shudder inside, but if I was ever making the decisions for that football club, they have to go in a more proactive direction. It'll be interesting who they go for. I reckon Ruben Amorim, uh, the guy at Sporting, who of course knocked Arsenal out of the Europa League, will be high on their list of candidates. So, Just wait and see what happens there. Okay, let's move to part two then and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You can also get your hands, of course, on our brand new TGT non-profit merch, helping support Cancer Macmillan and uh, the Arsenal Foundation as well. Uh, I'm very happy to let you guys know uh, that Vinny's family uh, visited his plaque, which, of course, we at the channel helped to raise money to get put up outside the Emirates Stadium, and they visited that yesterday. It was great to see uh, some images put on Facebook yesterday of Vinny's family visiting the plaque as well. So um, lots of things that, of course, we've done on the channel for uh, charitable reasons, of course, in support of things that Vinny was very, very passionate about. So it was great to see those photos come out yesterday. Um, Let's move to your questions then Um, in the chat box. um, Shane says, Tom, any updates on William Saliba's injury? Any idea how long he's out for? No, there isn't. Their club are keeping it very quiet. He's remained at the club, of course. He's not going away with France's international duty. And we're likely not going to find out about that for a little while. Uh, Arsenal will, of course, continue to monitor and assess the player. There was meant to be an assessment yesterday. Nothing has come out regarding that and neither has they tried or neither has there been any talk of what the issue with Saliba might be so we continue to wait for updates on him um Odirile, Uncle Tom, greetings from the mountains of Magalajburg uh, in South Africa. I've probably butchered the pronunciation of that, but thank you so much for joining me. Odirile, really appreciate your kind support in the channel. Uh, Aditya says, Justin, Roy Hodgson has been appointed Crystal Palace manager until the end of the season. What a terrible decision. Look, they might stay up. Hodgson might keep them up. If they don't stay up, that is honestly one of the worst footballing decisions by Sacking Vieira that they will, uh, any football club might ever make. Um, but that is just not a proactive decision. It's not a, it's not a decision that moves the club forwards. Yes, they were in a really bad run of form. Yes, they were being drawn into that relegation bout and certainly were already in that relegation kind of scrap. But 
the young team, a young, a young coach with a, a process of itself going on, it would have made sense to keep it, keep the faith in that and uh, and move forwards. But unfortunately, they, they panicked and they made a very, very rash decision. Uh, certainly one that I would never have made in that place either. Um, let's go to uh, Maximius, who says, Conte gets the one-year wages if he's sacked before his 18-month tenure ends. Are we surprised he went on a rant at this time if uh, of his tenure? Uh, anyway, is ending in May of 2023. Are we surprised? I mean, it's, he's got history of, of ranting in the media and ranting in press conferences, so probably not surprising. Um, but it is, you know, it's just comical and very amusing uh, to see what's going on at the club. Also, if he wants to leave so badly, surely Spurs would be like, well, let's just leave by mutual consent, shall we? Or you have to stay until the end of the season. Surely that would be the way to move it forwards. And then obviously highlight whether or not that is a motive behind whether or not he wants to leave. Uh, Joshua says, Tom, uh, is it true that Tommy Asu is injured until the end of the season? There is seemingly an expectation that that is indeed the case. Uh, surgery is likely going to be required to fix his knee problem. And that will, of course, uh, rule him out until at least the end of the season, potentially even longer uh, as well. So not good news for Takira Tomiyasu, but we wish him a speedy recovery and hope that he'll be fit and ready, not only for pre-season, but of course for the brand new season that starts again in August. We'll have to wait, though. Um Let's go to Jason who says, would you stick with our current attacking trio of Martinelli, Trossard and Saka, or would you begin to bring Gabby Jesus up front? Uh, I don't see any need to rush Jesus back into the fold. However, there is an argument that maybe we should start Jesus after the international break against Leeds in preparation for that game against Liverpool. So you start Jesus in that fixture and then you can start him fully well prepared for starting a game against Liverpool. But Trossard's done really, really well. It's very difficult um, to, to to have an argument. You could also say that Trossard, depending on how much he plays for Belgium during this international break, would be less rested than Jesus, who, of course, will probably play behind the closed doors. Um, I'm expecting Arsenal to play a behind closed doors friendly during this international break for the players that have stayed at the club. Um but maybe uh, we won't see. We'll have to wait and see, of course, if that's that that crops up. But I'd be surprised if we didn't have one of those. But arguably, Jesus is going to be more rested if Trossard plays a lot of minutes for Belgium. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Louis says, Tom, could you see Vieira now joining Arsenal in the background since we're shaking the staff up uh, behind the scenes? I'd be very surprised, Louis, to be honest. I think he continually wants to stay in management. I think he's a good coach. He's already been linked with West Ham if David Moyes is set to go. So I think, yeah. I mean, the irony if West Ham employ and replace David Moyes with Vieira and then end up uh, staying up and Palace go down, that would be gloriously ironic and I'd be well behind seeing that happen. Um, uh, One Song Soup says, uh, apparently Man United fans are upset that we celebrated scoring goals against a 19-year-old goalkeeper against Crystal Palace. Send the meteor. Um, I mean, why? Why are they? Who's upset? Who's moaning about that? Please send me these people. I want to know who they are. Uh, James says, this summer, do Arsenal need quantity or quality, youth or experience, in your uh, opinion? Well, always quality. It's never has, it never anymore is about quantity with Arsenal. It used to be. Now it's all about quality. And, and rightly, it should always been about quality. But unfortunately, that's not been the case in some summer windows. Quality has to be it. And then it depends on youth and experience. That can be decided depending on where you're investing your money into. So, for instance, at, say, right back, we we 
we could invest a bit of experience there if we wanted to, something different, uh, something more attacking. But it seems like a youth option in Ivan Fresneda is the, is the clear one. I think right side of centre-back is somewhere that you could arguably add a more experienced player if Holding is going to move on and you want to level up Holding. You want to bring someone in more experienced and better than him for the team next season. So that's certainly somewhere that maybe you could add experience. And then central midfield, I think we know is somewhere that we need to add quality youth because we've got Partey, we've got Jorginho, we've got Xhaka, much more uh, experienced than the the players like, you know, Lukonga. We've got Elneny, of course, who's still very experienced as well. Uh, Patino, of course, coming through, young player as well. So you think that youth would be in that area. So I think it depends, James, on where you're investing your money as to whether or not it would be youth or experience. But there are some positions where it could be either quite comfortably. Um, scrolling down in the chat box, uh, you you have, Adam, missed the Conte chat, I'm afraid. Uh, but you can rewind and make sure you turn into it. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, if I said to you now, lose at Anfield, draw at Newcastle, but we beat City away, would you take it? Absolutely. 100%, mate. 100%. Because if you lose at Anfield... It depends what City do, but say if City, uh, say if City win um, at uh, Anfield, sorry, win at home against Liverpool, and we beat Leeds, then it's still eight points. You then go into the following weekend where we play Liverpool. You say we lose that game, right? Let me just go into Arsenal's fixtures. Um, say we lose that game. Who do Man City play that weekend? Fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. So they face Southampton away, who they've already lost to this season, ironically, in the uh, in the League Cup. So but imagine they win that game. The gap drops to five points and they have a game in hand. We then go to Newcastle and draw. The gap extends to six points, but then they have their game and they'll drop it down to three points potentially um, if they win their game in hand. So it could be then a three-point gap, but then you can open up that gap once again by beating City. So I think that, yeah, I probably would take that. And I think, obviously, the City game comes... uh, Does it come later uh, than the uh, Newcastle game? I think it might be right before it. Yeah, so we play City. You lose that. Let's say we beat Chelsea at home and then you draw against Newcastle. Beating City is a massive, massive confidence boost. I don't think necessarily drawing at Newcastle is a bad result. And then you've got three games left of the season. Home against Brighton. You'd hope we'd win that. Away against Forest. Very good team at home, but you'd hope we'd win that. And then Wolves at home, that you'd hope we'd win as well. I just don't really want it to go to the final game of the season because it's going to be absolutely horrific. But I think that, yes, I'd probably take that offer if you offered to it, uh, offered it to me now because it guarantees a win and a defeat for City. So it's kind of double jeopardy there. Uh, Culture marks as greetings, Toms. I'm live for once. Question, uh, do you think Arsenal should go all out and make sure Tierney stays at the club? As I see him as a very important part of the squad. What are your thoughts, please? I mean, for me, I'm kind of indifferent about the situation. I'm, I'd be very happy to see him stay, but I would also be very understanding if he moved on. I'm not sure Arsenal need to necessarily go and boost his wages significantly to convince him to stay. He's already on six figures, as I understand it, around £100,000 per week, I believe. So we'd have to ext- we'd have to improve those wages quite significantly. Arsenal could also make a very good amount of money for him and replace him with a very decent option as well that maybe is more stylistically what Arteta wants in that left-back position compared to Tini. Yes, he's transitioning. Yes, he's being coached and learning this new role. Um, But I think Arsenal could make a very good fee off Kieran Tini, a player who's reliably, not not very reliable in terms of his fitness. And we could arguably bring in someone for less money than we sell him for that is more closer, uh, more close to to what Arteta wants from a left-back. So I think that's, I think there are positives on both sides. Um, 
scrolling. I feel like I may have missed some people's questions. I also feel like I missed a certain Clive Palmer popping up in the chat box. Uh, says that Danish forwards uh, is very good. I would pay the money. Interesting. I mean, what does that then mean for Balogun and Nketiah? Um, is, is obviously the question. I suppose we would only go out and buy him if we're moving one or even both of those on. So certainly one to keep an eye on, it seems. Clive's watching his YouTube compilations again. You can't knock it. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to some more questions further down in the chat box. Uh, Faz says, morning, Tom. Uh, what do you think we'll have in the war chest, assuming that we win the Premier League and get into the Champions League? Well, obviously, like 500 million. Well, you know, that's what you're going to see some newspapers report, that we have a £500 million war chest. No, in reality, you know, I, read, I imagine it'll be something close to what we've we've had available to us in previous summers. You know, the 100 to £200 million bracket. I think that's probably in that somewhere in there is what Arsenal might be able to spend. I think I'll expecting that Arsenal will spend over £200 million quid. It's still a bit much. And no, I don't think that should be something to, to point the fingers at the Cronkies because Arsenal have still, if you think about the last few years, they've continued to make losses. You know, we, we still need to turn that that around into profit so that we aren't dangerously on the radar of the FFP, even though that's a comical kind of uh, restriction with the way in which it's not been able to punish certain clubs for their spending. But... Um, continue to do things in this self-sustaining way has got us to where we are, which is back competing for a title. So I'm happy with the way in which we invest. I'm happy with the way in which we move in that direction, but I'm not happy with the way we sell players still. I still think we can be better with that, even though we've done some good business outgoing wise, but we can be better. And this summer is going to be big for Edu in terms of his sales and very interested to see how that kind of transpires. Um, Leopold says, Tom, are you aware of an interview uh where someone claims that after United's takeover, there's nothing stopping players like Martin and Bakaya Saka from joining them. I haven't seen that, Leopold, so feel free to send that to me because I've certainly not seen that at all. Um, Peter says, or PJ says, uh, Tom, is it not strange that Haaland is withdrawn with a groin injury and Rashford with an ankle injury? I actually hadn't seen that Haaland had pulled out and somehow missed that. Um, Haaland will miss the games against Spain and Georgia due to a groin injury. Haaland has left the Norway squad as an official FA statement announced. Um, I mean, <laughs> I've not necessarily seen that, but what I do see uh, is a video of Haaland in the Norwegian gear. So I'm assuming he actually did travel out. I don't know if that's a training injury. If it is, we obviously don't know um, what the injury is. So hopefully, I don't want to wish injury on anyone, but obviously I'd rather he wasn't available for Man City. Uh, that would be a big plus, but I'm sure that we'll see him back and ready and fit and fighting fit for City in their first game back after the international break. Arsenal are also, you know, have a lot of players that aren't going away on the international break as well. You know, Gabriel, uh, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, um, I don't know if Matt Turner, I think Matt Turner is, yeah. Uh, ben White's not going. Um, so obviously Saliba's injured now, won't be going. Rob Holding won't be going. Tommy Asu's injured. Zinchenko, I think, should be going. Saka's going. Partey's going. Odegaard's going. Smith Rowe's going. The under-21s. Jorginho's going with Italy. I don't think Fabio Vieira was called up for Portugal. I, might, I don't know if I've got that wrong, but I don't think Vieira was called up. He's not really played enough to get called up. Um, so, yeah. Wow. I've just... I've just typed in Fabio Vieira's name and the first article is on Football Fancast written by Ross Kilvingston, which is the headline, Arsenal must ditch Fabio Vieira. <laughs> um, Arsenal's Europa League defeat. Let me read this. This is, wow. 
Why? What's the justification? Uh, the four-port man didn't do much against Sporting. In truth, averaging a woeful sofa score rating of 5.9 out of 10. Comfortably the worst on the pitch. And across his 101-minute spell on the pitch, he managed just 47 touches and 25 passes. He also won just one duel, succeeded with zero dribble attempts and lost possession 13 times during the tie. He didn't cover himself in glory, according to popular Arsenal blog, The Short Fuse. He was dubbed utterly terrible, by one source during the match and his performance. <laughs> I wonder if that one source during the match was just someone at the game that isn't a particular fan of Fabio Vieira. I think the idea of saying that Arsenal, quote, must ditch Fabio Vieira is laughable. Considering he's our second highest assister this season already, and also he's transitioning into a team where he's not being able to play too regularly because Martin Odegaard is, you know, obviously our starting option here, is madness. Absolute madness. Um, a crazy, crazy piece. Probably designed to get a response, which it has done. Congratulations, guys. Um, let's go to... Uh, Marcus says, saw somewhere starting talks to uh, extend Odegaard's contract. What have you heard? Nothing on that, I'm afraid. I didn't include that in today's piece because I can't verify the source of where I saw that. Uh, it's been... I can't say it's particularly reliable. Uh, Wellness says Man United will add to the hugely overinflated market once they get brought out. Do you think it's going to make it hard to sign good players? Um, I think once they get bought out, and it seems like a case of when rather than if now, of course they're going to be able to spend a lot more money. The positive thing for Arsenal is that Man United have always spent a hell of a lot of money. They've literally bought 100 million euro players you know, a number of times. You think about Anthony. Maguire was a hundred million euro player effectively. They spent huge money on other players as well throughout their time there. And they're still pretty dire. Uh, Not Eric Dyer levels of dire, but still pretty dire. Um, So yeah, no, I'm not concerned by it because I'm just kind of, I'm just the same level of ambivalence towards Man United that I've always been, even if they're taken over. So we'll just have to wait and see. The thing is now, like everyone's having takeovers. Loads of teams are seeing massive money from different parts of the world coming, whether it's America with Todd Bowley, whether it's the Middle East with Newcastle and potentially Manchester United as well. You know, there's an argument that the whole Incredibles uh, movie of when everybody's super, um, no one will be. It's kind of that sort of thing. But from Arsenal's perspective, Arsenal have got where they are by being smart, by having a good manager. You know, you can't buy certain things in football. And uh, no matter how much money you spend, if you don't spend it in the right way, you won't end up where you need to be. And that's why I'm so glad that, you know, I think I saw some rumour that, the, the potential new owners of Man United would put certain transfer targets to a poll on Twitter. That seems mad. I can't say that I know that seems to be true, but I did see that circulating across socials yesterday. Thank God we've got a very smart club. That's all I would say. Very smart decision makers at Arsenal, which is why we are where we are. Um, let's go. Fabio Vieira is called up. Thank you for that. Portugal International call up i've not seen their squad let's have a quick look uh fernando santos's full team oh no it says 2022 come on where surely someone must have it christian Ronaldo portugal call-up decision explained roberto martinez ronaldo named in first portuguese squad surely you have the whole thing let me have a look uh here it is uh fabio vieira is he been called up i don't see him i don't see him anywhere uh, apparently, Diego Costa, Jose Sar, Rui Patricio, defenders, Antonio Silva, Pereira, Leita, Inacio, Cancelo, Dallo, Pepe, Mendes, Guerrero, Diaz. 
Um, midfielders, Bruno Fernandes, Palinha, Mario, Nunez, Otavio, Neves, Vitinha, Silva. Forwards, Ronaldo, Diogo Jota, uh, Gonzalo Ramos, fantastic players, Ralph Felix and Rafael Leal. He's not been called up, has he? Doesn't look like it is. Um, yeah, no, I don't see him. Under 21s. Oh, okay. So it's, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he's in the other 21 squad. But I don't see him in the... Uh, in the senior squad, so it must be also another 21s there. So there you go. Um, there you go. So he's been called up for the other 21s, which isn't surprising because he's always played in the other 21s. I, yeah, anyway, mad piece saying Arsenal should ditch Fabio Vieira considering he's been here for less than a season, coming to a new league. Doesn't start for us because we've got a fantastic player in Erdegaard starting for us. So he's playing consistently at the moment. Madness. Absolute madness. Anyway, uh, let's go to um, Mohamed says, Ornstein said two days ago that City were the favourites to get Bellingham next summer. Imagine how they're good. They'll be. I think that he will go Liverpool. Um, I've not necessarily seen that from Ornstein about Bellingham. All I've seen is that apparently he's agreed personal terms with... Um, uh, Liverpool. But well, to be fair, David Orson says, as things stand, Liverpool increasingly unlikely to sign Julie Bellingham. Expected price and financial power of rivals is putting LFC's hopes in doubt. Pursuit is not off and no firm decisions, but the sense is Man City and Real Madrid are in a stronger position. Um, yeah, look, whoever they saw, whoever Bellingham goes to, they're getting a fantastic player. I'd be surprised if Liverpool didn't get him because it seems he's so keen on uh, on moving there. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, there you go. Uh, Vala says, check the chat box, Tom, please. I always check the chat box. I'm constantly checking the chat box. <laughs> um, let's go to Josh. He says, McAllister as a long-term replacement for Xhaka would be beautiful. Again, you're going to have to pay Brighton a hell of a lot of money to get McAllister out of that club. Um, says, I don't think Liverpool will be able to afford him. It depends, again, on that price tag. But Liverpool... In terms of their spending, they've been in the Champions League and have done really well in the Champions League for a number of seasons in a row. They are financially still very comfortable, as far as I'm aware. So I don't see why that would be a big problem. They shouldn't need to invest in loads of other areas. It's mainly the midfield that they're looking at. Arguably, maybe another forward, but they've got Salah and Nunez and Diaz coming back and Jota's still there. They need a midfielder. So they need to go big on a midfielder, in my view. Um, potentially... They need to look at defence as well, maybe bringing in another defender. But I still think their squad is still very good. So I don't think they necessarily will be blown out of the water financially. And if Bellingham really wants to move there, he, I think, would adjust his financial demands accordingly. But we'd have to wait and see. I don't think Arsenal are in the race. It seems mad what uh, Dortmund are going to end up getting for, for Bellingham. And considering how much of a sell-on clause Birmingham might have, they might be, at, uh, be able to get a significant amount of money, which should help them towards their goals, you'd hope too. Although... Birmingham, not really in the best of places, I hear, as a club from an ownership standpoint at the moment. Um, Maximia says, Tom, what are your thoughts on suggestions on Mitrovic being awarded a 10-match ban? Some are even saying as much as 180 days. Is his crime really worth that? Or are the PGMRL trying to make an example? Uh, should he get a 10-match ban? Probably. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do what Mitrovic did. And if they look to make an example of him and give him a 10-match ban, I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge that decision. If, if an Arsenal player went up and pushed the referee and acted like Mitrovic did in that moment towards the referee, no matter what I think about the officiating in this country, no matter how bad I think it is, no matter how awful I think it is, you can't do that. You cannot go and do that. Bruno Fernando should have been sent off. No, not for a 10-match ban. You can't put your hands on the officials. Fernando should have been sent off. But this is a different case. The way in which Mitrovic approached that situation 
it's it's it should be a red card and a significant ban for Mitrovic. And I I really don't see an argument um against that. I think Fernando should have been sent off for a straight red personally. You can't push an official. Um it's a different context, and I think you need to talk about context. Um, but yeah, Mitrovic, what he did is is mad. Um, and it's it's certainly a 10-match ban. Yeah, sure, it's a lot. And the problem is when you start putting numbers next to uh, next to certain things. I mean, Suarez, um, Suarez. How many games was Suarez banned for? So Suarez was banned for eight games by the FA after he was found guilty of having racially abused Patrice Evra uh, in what year was that? 2014. And the problem is when we start putting numbers, of course, by these incidents, is what we're saying is if we're saying Mitrovic should get a 10 match ban for pushing a referee, what? Some might say, and I, I think there's a fair argument with it as well, because you put numbers by something, you can equate it to that. Some would say that, oh, so pushing a referee is worth two games more than a player racially abusing someone else. When in reality, we all know that's not the case. You know, Arguably, players should be banned for a seriously long amount of time if they're found guilty of racially abusing someone. Um, I'm not saying they should have uh, they should be banned forever because I always believe in education and second chances and teaching people that obviously that's not right and they can come back once they've um, been educated on that. But I think that when you start putting numbers by things, unfortunately, you, you put measurements and you get comparisons. So if Mitrovic gets a 10-game ban, some people are going to point out that Suarez was banned for eight and I completely understand why they would do that. However, of course, this is... Uh, seven years later and so if an incident similar to what Suarez uh, did with Evra happens now I would expect a significantly longer ban than the eight matches that Suarez received back in 2014 so I think retrospectively it's about it's about context it's about measuring things but for me just in the Mitrovic example I don't think a 10 game ban is uh, is a bad it is an unfair reflection of the incident uh, just in the context of that incident alone. I don't think that's an unfair length of time for him to be banned for. So, yeah, uh, but let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section down below on that and give us your thoughts on the Fernandez situation. Um, but there we go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to join you, as it always. Uh, as I say, leave a comment on anything that we've discussed in today's show uh, and drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. I'll be back uh potentially later today uh i'll have to wait and see what we hopefully will be doing is recording the next episode of the eat sleep arsenal repeat podcast i'll definitely be joined by sophie uh owen was away this week hopefully dr raj will be back as well but we'll have to wait and see uh and then i'll be back tomorrow morning i'll be on the arsenal way a little bit later on this morning as well 10 a.m uh so just under an hour and a half time have a fantastic tuesday we're nearly we're nearly on our way well through the international break and then we can get back to proper Arsenal football. But we'll keep you updated with everything that's going on in the world of our beautiful club and we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.